Sonic, we've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We rock it like you're never gonna see us again. Whatever time it is, and it's Pure Bowl live on the air for this March 13th, 2013. Woo. Welcome once again to the show that covers everything and anything it tells it like it is. My name is Joe Pacino, and my co-host and tag team partner, as always, is David Gomez. Sir, what's going on? Uh, a lot, actually, but of course, the behind-the-scenes stuff that we can't talk about here on the air. Folks, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to be here on the 1640 AM Ironbound Radio. Make sure you check us out, puregoldpt.com, and of course, ir1640amradio.com. If you'd like to call on the show, 714-364-4721, and on our website, you can see our Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and all that other goodness. JB? Thanks, Dave. Tonight, on the program, we will be talking about the history that was made only a few hours ago. That's right. The Catholic Church, the religion, has a new pope. That's right, we have a new Pope. It only took two days. I, I don't know who had the over-under on two days, but uh, yeah, after two days of uh, meeting with the Conclave, we have a new Pope. We'll be talking about that a little bit. We'll be also talking about some wrestling. This past weekend was TNA's pay-per-view lockdown, and uh, a lot was revealed at lockdown. We'll get into that. We'll talk about some WWE, as Raw was a couple nights ago. We'll talk about what happened there. And we'll talk about all the major sports. The NFL season, 2013 season, has officially begun with the free agent signings. We'll talk about some basketball, NBA. We'll talk about the locals, talk about my Celtics. Oh, what an awful loss last night. We'll definitely get into that. We'll talk some quick hockey. Um, the You know, the streak of the Blackhawks is finally over. We'll talk about some baseball. Not so much the MLB season, per se, but some things going on, especially the World Baseball Classic. We'll talk some PGA, because anytime that Tiger Woods is um, winning tournaments, everyone gets interested back into golf, and, you know, me included, because, let's face it, when Tiger Woods is not in a tournament, I'm not interested. So I still think he's the, the best golfer to ever live, and now he's making a comeback again. Good for him, I say. Good for the sport. Everyone gets to talk about golf again, because, let's face it, Rory McIlroy may be a up-and-coming uh, golfer, and Phil Mickelson may be just as good as Tiger right now, but nobody creates a bigger buzz, a creator uh, creates a bigger stir than Tiger Woods in many different ways. And uh, it's good to see him back and uh, now competing. The, the big question will be, um, will he now compete for a major, and will he win a major or two this year? That's the big question. And finally, just a quick nugget, quick note, while Dave is not um, at the moment available, i just let you know that the Red Bull season, like I said a couple weeks ago, is underway. But the Red Bulls, unfortunately, I think it's because of Nelson, honestly, that moved to California. Um, he, he brought, you know, he took the, the good luck of the Red Bulls, and they're all one and one in a league that is very stacked. There's a lot of good teams. There's 19 teams in MLS. Who would ever thought the MLS has 19 teams? It's, it's grown out. It's grown to be a big league in the United States. I don't follow it, to be honest with you. I only mention the Red Bulls because they're, they're only down the road from here in our from our studios. Oh, let me also mention before I get into my into my in-depth rundown, I mean my in-depth analysis on all my rundown, the call number, like Dave said, is 714-364-4721. We are live from Ironbound Radio, 1640 AM. This is Pure Gold. Sorry for the uh, botched-up 
intro, some technical difficulties. We were trying to help um, a fellow show that's on Ironbound Radio. We tried to test some equipment out. Found out that it's not actually uh, the equipment here. It's uh, just an old uh, old equipment that one of the uh, co-hosts or one of the hosts of the personalities are using on his show. So hopefully Dave will be able to relay that message to the other show and we'll be able to have a successful show because, again, week two into our relaunch, and let's face it, it's been an utter and complete disaster. I mean, there are people that, you know, have dead air. There are um, songs being played that the FCC would shut us down in two seconds or less if they ever found out that we played that song. We do apologize if the FCC is hearing us right now. Just try to be complete and utterly honest. I know when Dave hears this, he'll probably crack up uh, on the replay tomorrow. But, you know, let's face it, the, the first two weeks have not been going smooth here at 1640 AM at all. And Dave, to his credit, and Kelly, to her credit, uh, Dave's wife has been very patient with the talent, very patient with the station here. And uh, we definitely thank Kelly out there listening that, um, you know, really, Dave's not really, I mean, let's face it, Dave's not being paid for this kind of stuff. And he's, he's put his heart and soul into it, as he does with most things. And uh, he's trying to make this work, folks. So uh, if there's anybody out there that's listening and you want to advertise on the station, I mean, Dave has great prices that he has rolled out. We we need the advertising. I mean, that's the bottom line. If we don't get advertising, we will be closing the station down. Pure Gold will be emanating from uh, our home again, as uh, Kelly likes to say. You know, she likes to repeat my friend, Tessa. Out of your homes. Yeah, that's right. We'll be back at our homes if... Um, Sponsors do not start coming and knocking on our door. And, you know, we we, we want to go out there and get advertisers. We want people to realize that this is a good show, good content on the radio station, but it's hard to get advertisers or actually go and try to sell advertisers on buying some, um, you know, time on our show, on other shows throughout the week when there's so many technical difficulties. Um, You know, like I said, dead air. Uh, people not understanding how to lower the volume to put on their show, uh, music that shouldn't be played on 1640 a.m. So, yeah, 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 all that stuff in the first two weeks have been, um, you know, a train wreck. Let's face it, it's been a, an utter train wreck. And Dave has been trying his hardest, just like we tried this uh, before our, our show started today. It's, uh, you know, he tried to experiment and make sure that this show that's on Monday nights the Ken Reedy show is able to air on the radio as well as on the internet because, you know, Ken Reedy has a great show. Let's face it. He, um, and he brings the, the stuff for you. If you're, if you're really a big wrestling fan on Monday, he had Kazarian on from TNA. I mean, that, that's a big name. And he, he, you know, he has other big names that he wants to get. I know that the, the three Kings show, um, if we had Pat wants to, you know, Pat got the, the franchise, Shane Douglas on his show. So, these shows have great content. It's just uh, we're working out the kinks, and you gotta be you gotta bear with us, folks. Listen to us on uh, 1640 AM if you're in the area. You can also listen to us on our website, which is www.1640amradio.com. You can catch all the shows Monday through Thursday. Hopefully, we'll get some other talent, other shows on the air. We've lost a couple shows, which has been unfortunate. Dave will tell you it's been fortunate because it's a less headache on his on his shoulders. So, like I said, we're trying our best here. Pure Gold is still probably the, is the best show on 1640 AM. We try to bring you everything and anything. Like I, I told you on our catchphrase, it's not only a catchphrase, it's not like a catch line uh, of the show. We really, really do try to talk about everything and anything. We do 
I feel, tell it like it is. So we have a big rundown here for you folks tonight on the show. We might as well get right into it while Dave is still stepped away for a moment. The biggest news coming ahead today, March 13, 2013, two days into the conclave for the Catholic Church, we do have a new pope. And it's not a pope that I thought we'd have. I thought we'd honestly have everyone been talking about the pope from Ghana or the pope from Canada, so I figured it would be one of those two. I, you know, I don't follow this closely to the vest. I, I can't tell you that. Um, I knew that this was going to happen. You know, this this pope is a 76-year-old pope from Argentina. He's going to choose the name of Pope Francis I. It'll be the first time I believe that there's a Pope Francis. Um, if anybody wants to correct me, you can. Just again, 714-364-4721. We are talking Pope. And this Pope is, again, 76 years old. You wonder why the, the cardinals and the whole conclave didn't choose a, a younger priest, a younger cardinal, to be Pope. Um, I don't understand why a 76-year-old person was chosen to be Pope. So, um, you know, hopefully he lives a long and healthy life. But, you know, at 76, how many how many years can you really be doing this? Just like, you know, the Pope before him, Joseph Ratzinger, a.k.a. Pope, um, pope Benedict XVI. So we do have a new Pope. It was exciting to see on TV. And, you know, who's, who in their lifetime could say, besides our generation, the generation before us, and maybe one before us, who can actually say that they've seen two Popes uh, in their lifetime be elected Pope? Because rarely do we see that. Usually a Pope stays Pope for a long time. Pope John Paul, look at him, stayed Pope from, I believe, from 1970 all the way to 2000, until he passed away in 2005, April 2nd. We're coming up to the eight-year anniversary of Pope John Paul II passing away. And I remember that was a big story, too, back then. Me and my wife, Andrea, we went on our first uh, vacation, our, I guess, second honeymoon, because it's the first year that we've been married, in um, 2005. And it caught our attention. We we went to the Poconos, I believe. And it caught our attention watching uh, everything that was going on with Pope John Paul II, you know, as he uh, was slowly slipping into, you know, a, a deep coma and then finally passing away. Um, personally, I thought he was a great pope. I thought that he did a lot. Obviously, there's a lot of different scandals, a lot of different information that we don't know about that will, uh, you know, that did get uncovered afterwards. But I really like Pope John Paul II. I live in a town that is primarily Polish people in Wellington, New Jersey. So it's it's great. Uh, it was great to have him as Pope while I lived in Wellington and he was still alive. Um, then, unfortunately, he passed away, and we picked up Pope, again, Joseph Ratzinger, who picked the name of Pope Benedict XVI. And, again, he was old um, from when he, was, when he was elected Pope. So, you know, health reasons, according to him, and just the fact that he couldn't travel anymore, caused him to step down, and we see history again being made today with, you know, a new pope, Pope Francis I. He greeted the the people in the Vatican, came out, did his traditional hello, did his did an opening prayer, the Our Father, and also the Hail Mary, and we'll see where he we, he takes the Catholic Church. I mean, there's a a lot of issues that need to be resolved, and I just don't know if a 76 year old is able to resolve some of the issues today. For example. My wife and I always talk about this at dinner time, especially during this whole time about electing a pope. We talk about, you know, marriage and priests. Should priests marry? And, you know, there's nowhere... I even talk to Dave about this in our production meetings all the time. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that a priest cannot get married. So I don't understand what the 
the holdup is here. Why does the Catholic Church not allow people to a priest to get married? And you know, it maybe it's foolish to say this or think this, but I feel like if you let them marry each other, there'd be a lot less, you know, sexual activities that are, you know, against the church, you know, um, and, you know, a lot of different scandals that, you know, with, with children. And you hear all this stuff about, like, priests, like, molesting children, if they're true or not true. But that kind of stuff puts a black eye on the Catholic Church. It puts a black eye on the religion. And, uh, you know, I just don't know. If this Pope, Pope Francis I, is going to be able to to help resolve issues like that, and I think that I personally thought we needed a Pope that was younger and somebody that was ready for some reform. Um, interesting that this Pope is from Argentina; he's not even Italian, so it's not like you know the home team won or the home field advantage. I mean, again, Italian Pope, we got an Argentinian Pope. Um, he's 76 years old, folks. I mean, I, I just don't know how many years. He could, you know, keep it up. Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI, he did it for about eight years, and then, you know, his health deteriorated pretty rapidly and couldn't do it anymore. So hopefully this Pope, Pope Francis I, may his reign be long, healthy, and prosperous. Don't know how long he's going to last, honestly. March 13th, though, is a big, big day in the Catholic Church history as we elect a new Pope. Again, wish him all the best. If Dave was here, I'm sure he would tell me the same, uh, and hope that uh, he can he can bring some change and he could you know start because uh, you know the the Catholic religion throughout the world has slowly deteriorated. Like I said, I um, I still go to church on Sundays and sometimes Saturday nights, but um, a lot of people have converted to different other religions. And I'm not here to tell you what religion to pick or not. I'm just here to tell you that the Catholic Church right now in in 2013 is not as popular, I guess you could say, as as any other religion right now. So it may have the most people still, which I, I don't even know about that. I don't know if the Catholic uh, religion has the most people that uh, practice that faith. But uh, hopefully this Pope can, again, bring us to um, bring us out of some of these dark issues that we've been facing over the last couple of years, decades. So... That's your that's your Pope talk, and uh, I'll get Dave's take on that when uh, he gets back shortly. But um, some other news in the news, while we're talking about just news in general, we'll talk some sports when Dave gets back, is this whole, like, I think we've touched upon it briefly, but North Korea, I, I don't understand how, um, you know, the threat of nuclear war with, with North Korea, the United States, how they're putting these... Um, restrictions on them for trading and stuff like that, and they talk about how they're going to nu- nuke us. They, they have the capability of nuclear a nuclear bomb. I, this is where it drives me crazy about the United Nations, and I talk to my wife about this because she's a history teacher. I talk about, you know, what, what's the purpose of the United Nations? And, and Dave will tell you that it's just a, a lib faction, uh, a liberal faction that uh, does nothing to get things resolved in the world. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of agree with them. I mean, if the United Nations... Why did, I'm, let me break this down to you, and maybe this is just too simple, maybe I'm just naive about this stuff, but why can't the United Nations be the strongest entity in the world? Why can't we have a representative from every country talk about what we're going to do? And if, if one country is threatening another country with nuclear war, why can't everyone else gang up on that country, the ones that are on the side of being rational, being realistic? Well, why can't we just tell North Korea, listen, 
you either disarm your nuclear weapons or we're going to come in there as a world and we're going to take those things away from you anyway. I don't understand it. I mean, maybe the United Nations is just, like Dave says, just a liberal faction that, you know, really doesn't get anything done. Maybe he's right about that. So you got that in the news. What else is going on in the world today? Um, we're, we're only a few days away from spring. It's been a long winter. Well, not a long winter, but we've had a couple of snowstorms. So um, spring will be here soon, which will mean baseball will be here soon. Uh, speaking of baseball, right now the, the the World Baseball Classic is going on. I, I honestly haven't watched a, a full game. I came home on Saturday night from being at a friend's house, and I caught a little bit of the Italy United States game. And the one thing that I guess you could take out of the World Baseball Classic is that David Wright, <clears throat> Mr. Clutch, if you will, has been laying it up for the United States, and he's been called and nicknamed. I'm sure Dave would love this, Captain. America. That's right, folks. David Wright, Mr. Clutch himself, is Captain America. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about Captain America at this point. I mean, is he going to be able to carry this over into the Mets when he plays for the Mets in a couple weeks? Or is he going to go into this huge slump? He's going to lay it out all on the line at the World Baseball Classic and then lay a dud for the 2013 season. So he could go either way, folks. I mean, let's face it. He could either... Um, you know, continue the hot streak because right now he's carrying the, 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 the United States right now in the tournament, in the World Baseball Classic. And the other the other storyline you have is right now is the Dominican Republic and Japan. Who's going to make it to the finals of this World Baseball Classic? I know what you're saying. Who cares? But right now, the, Japan has won the tournament the last two times. The United States needs to show that they, you know, that baseball did originate in the United States. It didn't originate in Japan. And they need to win this whole thing. They need David Wright to, to carry this team and, and win the World Baseball Classic if this is what you know what matters for people. I know a lot of people don't care about the World Baseball Classic, but those are your storylines right now. Can Japan make it to the finals again and win another one? Can the Dominican Republic <coughs> with Robinson Cano, don't you know, Robinson Cano has been carrying the Dominican Republic just like David Wright has been carrying the United States. He's been on fire. And if any indication is... This guy, Robinson Cano, will have to carry the New York Yankees at this point to start the season because, let's face it, the Yankees are, are riddled with injuries. Uh, the whole A-Rod thing is a disaster. So you, you look at Cano, and he's probably your only legit, legit home run hitter on the New York Yankees this year. And the Bronx Bombers are not going to be the Bronx Bombers this year, folks, unless they somehow get this major deal. Um, I know they're shopping around for first baseman right now because who knows when Teixeira will come back. But uh, the the Yankees right now they are they're going to be far from the the, the Bronx Palmers. They are going to be, um, you know, small ball, and you know that's not the New York Yankee way, especially in the last 20 years or so. That is definitely not the New York Yankee way. The New York Yankee way is good starting pitching and hit home runs for runs. Yes, you take a gamble with that kind of stuff in the playoffs, but right now playoffs, we ain't even talking about the playoffs. Playoffs. Uh, we, we're not talking about the playoffs with the Yankees for the first time in a long time with this team. Their, their starting pitching is good to okay, I think, personally. I'm looking at it objectively as a Yankee hater. The um, the Yankees um, have, like I said, decent pitching. Their bullpen is decent. Rivera is back for one more year, and that's the other big news, is that Mariano Rivera has decided that this will be his last season. The greatest closer of all time has decided to hang it up after this year. 
which, uh, you know, I'm actually, um, you know, feel good for him because he didn't want to go out the way he did last year on an injury. Nobody wants to go out with an injury. They want to go out on their own terms. So basically this whole year is going to be a, a salute to Mariano everywhere he goes, especially Yankee Stadium. Every um, every game as we count down the season to the end of the season, it will be Mariano's last. I do not want to see Mariano win a World Series this year to end his career, just like Ray Lewis did winning a Super Bowl to end his career. But what I'm saying is he is the best closer, no doubt, ever in the history of baseball. I'm not disputing that at all, even as a Yankee hater. I'll tell you like it is, folks. And you are listening to Pure Gold. We're breaking down some baseball talk. 714-364-4721. Give us a call. Talk about anything and everything. Right now we're talking a little about baseball. And Mariano Vera, again, best closer of all time. No doubt about it. He had an amazing career. Um, the thing I think about Mariano is I think about the cutter that he threw for all these years. I think about all the bats that he's broken. And then, of course, unfortunately, he had two hiccups. And they were both in the playoffs. You look at 2001 against the Arizona Diamondbacks when basically the Yankees took a 2-1 lead in Game 7 of the World Series against the Diamondbacks. Mariano basically strikes out the side in the eighth inning. Joe Torrey brings him in the eighth inning, which I guess you should bring him in the eighth inning when you're up 2-1 on the road. Uh, you know, basically the Game 7 of the World Series, the last game of the World Series. You bring your closer in the eighth inning on the road. He shuts him down, no problem. And then the ninth inning, everything just implodes. I mean, from you know a walk to a, a, a double down the line that barely hits the line with Tony Womack. Then you got the bunt that that's the one that's going to haunt Mariano for a long time, for, or not haunt him all the time because this guy has five rings. I mean, come on, that doesn't haunt you. But the one hiccup I'm saying is when he you know fielded that bunt and threw the ball into left field, uh, center field actually. I think it was right center. Uh, if I visualize this right. And then you had the bases low. Luis Gonzalez hits a bloop base hit that, let's face it, if the infield is not drawn in to save that run, you know, the uh, that ball is caught. But Luis Gonzalez hits the game when he hit, wins the World Series. That's one hiccup of Mariano Rivera's career, his stats. And then you look at 2004 against the Red Sox with the Yankees up 3 nothing. I think that hiccup is more on the Yankees as a whole. Yes, Mariano blew the, the save, I think, in game four. Game five, they lost. Game six, the the the, uh, the route was on. The meltdown was on. And then game seven, the Yankees lost in seven, which again was amazing to be to be up three zero against your hated rivalry, you know the Red Sox, and then to lose four games to three is so sweet. I I I definitely remember that. That was the year that I got married in two thousand four, and that was just a sweet year to see the Yankees up three zero, thinking that they're going to go back to the World Series, and you know basically the the Red Sox win the next four. In an amazing fashion. So those are your two hiccups for Mariano Rivera. You have, you know, you have a a guy that had, like I said, a great career, an unbelievable year. His ERA is the lowest of any pitcher, I think, in 1,000 inning pitch innings pitch or more. Um, And again, that cutter, uh, that body is just amazing. How he was able to to stay healthy, to, to to get people out, to saw people's bats off. You talk about Ryan Klesko's bat being sawed off. Uh, three straight pitches. I mean, that cutter is a deadly pitch. And, you know, he taught other people in the bullpen of the Yankees how to do that pitch. So, Mariano Rivera is retiring at the end of this year. What a great career. Again, I, I definitely salute Mariano Rivera as a uh, Met fan. Um, the guy was just unbelievable. Whenever you heard Sandman music, it, it brought chills to you, even if 
even if you weren't a Yankee fan, you knew that when that Sandman music hit, you knew that it was it was basically had no chance. If I had the clip right now, I'd be playing No Chance in Hell by Vince McMahon's entrance music. I'd be playing that music right now. Um, yeah, when you heard that music, that you knew was uh, pretty much lights out. And you know he did a good thing for he did a great thing for starting pitching. I mean, think about this: if you're a starting pitcher for the New York Yankees while Mariano Rivera was a New York Yankee, you basically mentally just had to think to yourself that if I pitch seven good innings or even six good innings, the Yankees would find somebody to, to pitch the seventh and eighth inning. But pretty much nine out of ten or nine and a half out of ten times, that ninth inning would be owned by Mariano Rivera, and he would close the door on any lead. If you had a one-run lead as a New York Yankee, you knew that basically you just needed six good innings from the starting pitching. That was the formula, if you remember. It was six innings, two by relief, and then one by Mariano. So Mariano now closes out his career. The tour begins this year and throughout. The one other baseball nugget that I have for you is that for the first time ever, folks, because of the fact that the Houston Astros have, are now in the American League, we have an odd number of teams in both leagues. We, have, we had 16 and 14 with 16 National League teams and 14 teams in the American League. But now we have 15 teams in both leagues, which means that there's not going to be interleague just a certain part of the year. There's going to be interleague play throughout the entire year. That's right. And I don't know how to feel about that, quite honestly. I don't know how I feel about interleague play throughout the year. Uh, there's always going to be an interleague game going on throughout the year because of, again, an uneven 15 teams in the American League and 15 teams in the National League. The one rule that's interesting now is what do you do with the DH? I mean, I guess you can keep it where the home team, um, if you're in an American League ballpark, you have the DH, and then if you're in the National League ballpark, you have the pitcher bat for himself. But you have time, you you have a chance now, if you're Bud Selig, if you're the baseball committee, to make things really interesting. And what I've heard so far this week about the whole DH rule is that, you know, I heard this one proposal, which is kind of interesting, and tell me what you think about this. Maybe you could... Uh, Call me at 714-364-4721. The one thing that is interesting is about the DH is like having the home team decide if they want to have a DH that night or have the pitcher pitch, uh, the pitcher bat. So that that puts a lot of stress into it. We 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 talk about how um, you know the DH is is makes the American League just an offensive league, and and there's more strategy in the National League. So. The, you look at this and you, you talk about the chance to make the um, the DH a decision made by the manager, and again, you would have to make some rules about it. Like the manager would decide after maybe um, maybe like an hour before the game starts, he decides that he wants to go with the DH tonight because he knows that his team could score more runs against his pitcher, or he decides that you know I have a great pitcher on tonight, I want to see their D, I want to see the pitcher bat on their team, so I'm going to decide that I. I want uh, the pitcher to bat, and I don't want the DH. So um, you can really get creative with this kind of stuff, I, I think, And uh, as I've heard this week. So you can decide that um, the, the DH rule only applies. You can stick to what it's, it's been going on right now, where the DH rule only is applied in the American League ballparks, or you could have it you know, basically decided uh, by the manager of each night. So the, the interleague rule is definitely something that's going to be um, – something that's going to be interesting uh, to talk about. And uh, I do welcome back my co-host here. What, Dave, I've been talking about is 
Uh, basically, Mariano Rivera has decided to retire. He's made it official. The tour is on. The greatest closer of all time. Only two little hiccups, really. Um, you know, 2001-2004 with the Diamondbacks in the World Series and then the Red Sox in the playoffs when they choked that 3 0 Playoffs? Playoffs. So the, the one thing, I, uh, what's interesting is that this year, Dave, is that baseball has uh, basically, there's interleague play throughout the whole year now because we have 15 teams in the American League and 15 teams in the National League. So what do you think the, the Major League Baseball should do about the interleague rule play? Do so you think that they should keep it where the home team, the American League ballpark, plays the, the DH, and then in the National League ballpark, the pitcher uh, actually bats for himself? I think at the end of the day, I, I think you kind of have to make it that way simply because it's just the way the rules are. It's what they've done with interleague. Uh, it's going to create some confusion, but the truth of the matter is that since you have two, you realize that based uh, and I like this, but the National League is probably the only professional league where the hitter hits, uh, the pitcher hits. It's basically DH everywhere, you know, um, Atlantic League, whatever the case, the pitcher doesn't hit. You know, they have DHs, and uh, National League is the last one to still adopt that. So my opinion, it's going to cause an issue, but I think they're going to have to just kind of keep it the same. If the American League is at home, you know, then playoffs, they're going to have to – the pitchers are not going to hit. If they're away, you know, the National League ballpark, then they're going to have to hit. I mean, other than that, you have to tell the, Amer- the National League, you have to basically say everyone has a DH or leave it exactly the way that it is. Otherwise, you know, again, it causes a problem. How do you feel about the fact that I don't like it at all, to be honest with you. I don't like the fact that there's 15 teams in both leagues and now that there's interleague play throughout the year. I, I just think that's terrible. I don't personally like it either. I don't understand why they went back to 15 and 15. And I know, you know, years ago when the Brewers were still in the American League, and I actually forget when that was, there was there was that. You know, now the Astros, who were probably the worst team in all of baseball, are now in the American League, you know, sure to lose 100 games. I, I don't know. Honestly... It, to me, it doesn't make sense to do it that way. It was fine the way that it was. I have no idea why the Astros felt the need to go to the uh, American League, and then you have 15 and 15, so they both have numbers. The 16-14 work. It, hell, if they want to either cut down two teams, make it 28, or make it 32. I, I don't think the 15 and 15 works, personally. I agree. And the other hot topic was not really a hot topic, to be honest with you, but I just want to talk about Captain America, Mr. David Wright, carrying the United States team in the World Baseball Classic. The only storyline they really have about the World Baseball Classic is Will Japan three-peat uh, because they've won the last two tournaments. But the Dominican Republic with Robinson Cano and David Wright, Wright with the Captain America thing, is this a good thing or a bad thing? In your opinion, is David Wright going to continue this hot streak into the baseball season? No, the baseball I think season? it's a bad thing because um, baseball is a really long season, and what you basically ask these players to do is start you know, a month early in baseball form, in midseason form. So instead of getting tired in August and uh, July, these guys are probably going to get tired in June, you know, before the All-Star break, and then they're going to have a lull and have to come back. I don't think – I mean, I think it's cool because it highlights baseball to the world, but I don't think it's a good thing for David Wright. I don't think it's a good thing for Robertson Cano. I don't think it's a good thing for the Yankees, the Mets, and any other team to have their players out there, their best players, um, stressing earlier and putting more pressure on their bodies. I mean, the human body can only take so much. You know, obviously injuries can happen at any time of the year, but if an injury is going to happen in March, you know, playing in the in the World Baseball Classic that would not normally have happened in, you know, a few innings in, in interleague, uh, spring training, then that's going to be a problem. And I think ultimately that's what it all boils down to, sir, and that's the issue. What I think is ridiculous, and again, I always say this, a lot of Mets fans, they're good people on Twitter, for people to go nuts, and I do mean nuts, about David Wright, 
Mr. Clutch. Who cares? It's the World Baseball Classic. This doesn't help the Mets win games. It doesn't make David Wright a better player. It doesn't make him, uh, you know, more valuable to the team. The Mets signed this insane long-term contract. He's going to be here for the rest of his career, good or bad or ugly. Who cares if he's hitting in the World Baseball Classic? Classic. Does that help the Mets win games, sir? It does not, and you know. Does that does that pad his stats at the end of the year, at the end of his uh, career? It does not. Then who cares? No, you're right. I mean, um, it seems like some of these people take this World Baseball Classic seriously, but uh, I agree with Dave. Uh, I think that being a realistic Met fan and knowing David Wright who, for who he is the last couple of years, um, I think this is going to be. I think this is going to wear out David Wright. And look what uh, the All Star Game did they did they. David Wright a couple You're talking ago. about the year when he was in the, the um, home run derby? Yeah. I mean, look at that. I mean, that, that was an He really fell off the face of the earth after that. He did, and he, I, I don't feel like he's ever been the same ever since. He really hasn't. I mean, he had a good year last year, but come on. Again, going back to what I was saying, people chanting MVP in May, shut up. You know, <laughs> get a clue. The Mets are going to be terrible. Let's talk about the Mets. You know, and I don't think this this helps the team any, any uh, which way. Sir, I know you were talking about the Pope. Um, any chance we can get back to that since I wasn't able to chime in? Sure, go ahead, chime in. Well, you were just basically saying about the Pope, the first Hispanic Pope, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. I know it's a big deal for the Hispanic community. I am not Catholic myself, and, of course, I mean not to offend uh, any Catholic people because the only Catholic guy I do offend is the guy sitting across from me right now. Of course. But, you know, I think there's a lot of issues with the Catholic Church, obviously, right? And there's a lot of problems, and, you know, not the least of which is this. I was looking this up, sir. There's, uh, according to documents in history, there's about 39 different popes who were married, you know, either before the entering the papacy or whatever the case is. There were priests who were married. Now, the real issue, this is not something that goes back to the beginning of time. It's not something that goes back to the beginning of the church. Because the Roman Catholic claims, Roman Catholic church claims, and erroneously might I add that Peter was the first pope. All right, take that premise, sir. The very first pope was married because in the Bible it talks about Peter's mother-in-law, being sick, and Jesus going to heal her. And when Jesus healed her, she got up and she served, you know, the people, the disciples and whatnot. So Peter was married when he was called into the ministry. So Peter's your benchmark for a pope. And going on that, the greatest pope of all time, did he healing miracles, signs and wonders, you know, as the Bible says, the man who, his shadow healed people. That's how anointed and that's how amazing Peter was after spending time with Jesus and going from being a disciple to being an apostle, right? Bible lesson 101, as it were, as her. DRG, but if you allow, you look at all the, the sexual immorality that happens in the Roman Catholic Church. Now, I I really firmly believe that it's a very small percentage. I don't think it's twenty percent. I don't think it's thirty percent. I don't even think it's anything close to that in terms of the amount of priests who have inappropriate relations, mostly with young boys. But whatever the case is, sexual immorality, molestations, whatever. Well, taking that premise. Let's say it's 1%, which I believe that's probably what it is. That's what the mainstream media throws out there. Any chance to knock religion, any chance to knock the Christian faith, they're going to take it. So they take one one priest who, you know, another town or 20 years ago did something, you know, several times, whatever the case is. That's what gets attention. You don't hear about the priest who's... I, I firmly, and I'll tell you this right now, I may not agree with a lot of the Catholic Church, but I respect priests. I respect the, the vow that they take. I respect nuns, I respect, you know, rabbis, I respect pastors. To, to me, but of course we're talking about Catholicism, to me, that's something sacred. That's something they felt that God was calling them into. You know, and I, I respect the man who's, who's a, a priest. I would never disrespect anybody in that office. Now, be that as it may, 
you're taking something that's archaic. If somebody were to say, hey, listen, you know, like Jesus who was celibate, uh, Paul talks about being celibate. The reason that, that anybody would ever say being celibate is, is in the Bible is because the Apostle Paul talks about, I would prefer that you be like me and remain unmarried. If you stay unmarried, you can devote yourself more to God's work. That is true. Take Mother Teresa, for example, and I don't know if you heard, but there's some negative reports coming out on Mother Teresa. Which, I mean, I hope they're not true. I doubt that they are true because Mother Teresa was truly a woman who, you know, as everything we understand, was, was trying to serve God. But getting back to my point, that whole idea of the priest being celibate and the nuns being celibate, to me, it's just nonsense because it's not something that's been throughout history. It's not even something where it says, you know, to be a minister, you must be celibate. It doesn't say that in the Bible. Uh, it's just suggested because it's, it's easier to devote all of your time. I'll tell you from my personal experience, I'm married. Uh, it's harder for me to do all the stuff that I want to do, whether it's the radio station, whether it's, the, you know, I was going to say the papacy, but I'm not folk. Um, you know, being a youth leader, whatever the case is at church, it's hard because I have my wife, I have my daughter, I have, you know, I have to split my time. And you know, of course, Joe, because, you know, you're married, same thing. Uh, you know, you have a child. But when you look at, at that whole aspect of it, it is easier. If I were single, it would be much easier to do this show. It would be much easier to do uh, ministry, per se, in that sense. Like, well, I could spend all my time with the youth. That's great. But at the end of the day, the human being was made, as the Bible tells you. Look at Adam. God saw him, said, Adam, he needs a helper. Bam, he created a woman. He didn't create another man. He created a woman to help Adam. Why? Because the human being, most people, 90% of people want to get married or want to spend their life with somebody or want to have a committed relationship. You know, I'm sure, Joe, you were growing up as a kid. You didn't think, you were thinking to yourself, one day I'm going to be married. I'm looking at my parents' marriage. You know, your parents obviously had a, had a model marriage for so many years. And you're looking at them and saying, I want that one day, right? Well, as a priest, and I know this because I went to Catholic University, sir, as you know, I spoke to a kid who wanted to enter the, the um, seminary, and he was sore about it simply because he, he liked girls and he wanted to be married one day. So he was torn, should I go into this, what God, I feel God is calling me to do or should I get married? And, you know, God also calls people to marriage. I believe that to be celibate, it's a gift of God, and it's something that God has to call you to. But to force it on people, I think, is wrong. And case in point, I know the evangelical church, the you know, uh, Protestant church has had its share of issues. Um, but the truth of the matter is, you don't hear a lot of this stuff in the non-denominational, charismatic, et cetera, et cetera. You don't hear a lot of the molestations and stuff. You hear about it 99% of the time in the Catholic Church. And I'm not saying that if every priest was allowed to marry, some of this stuff wouldn't still happen. Because obviously, sin happens everywhere in any church you look at. But, sir, I think at the minimum, the Catholic Church should look at this. And I'll let you chime in. You know, you spoke 30-something minutes unedited because I wasn't here. I think at the very minimum, the Catholic Church needs to look at their, their base and say, you know what? we should at least let the nuns and the priests marry each other. At least say, you know what, if, if you're going to be in ministry, fine. Find somebody in the ministry also who's who's Catholic, who's in the Catholic Church, who's in, you know, your uh, archdiocese or whatever the case is. And I, I know it sounds like you're, you're making matches, sir, but you tell me, so many men who, and, and even, forget about sexual molestation for a second, how many guys do you think are, are priests or nuns don't fight with their urges to say, I want to be intimate with somebody, but I can't. And who knows what other sin. They could be sinning, you know, on their own, you know, masturbation as for the Bible's a sin. And, you know, hey, here we go, crazy topic. But that that is a sin. So how many of them are doing that that you don't know about? 
Joe, I think that if you were at the very minimum to say the Pope, this Pope, you know, Pope, Hispanic Pope, were to say, all right, we're changing things, we're going to let the priests marry marry the nuns, what would you think about that at the minimum? Well, that's the thing I did mention is that Pope Francis I, the name he chose, um, that's the one thing that I question. He's 76 years old. What kind of reform is he going to bring to the Catholic Church? And that's the one thing I talked about right off the bat was the fact that me and my wife always talk about it, especially during this time of year or this time when we're electing a new pope, is should, shouldn't we allow the priests and the nuns to get married now? Because, again, there's nowhere in the Bible, like you've told me, it says that they can't be married. So I, I don't understand, and, and you said Peter, the quote-unquote first pope, um, what was married, so I don't understand where Peter the holdup is. is the Buddy Rogers of, of the Pope. Though. Buddy Rogers is the first WWF champion. Peter was that. He was crowned, you know, Pope after the fact, let's say. Buddy Rogers never really, they just gave him the title. And that's basically what Peter is. Now, you said, you said that you, um, you, you and your wife were talking about, so you both agree that they, the Pope's, the Pope's, that the priest should be allowed to marry, and the nuns. Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't see what, why they can't. I just, what's the reason that the Catholic Church the gives you? The only thing the Catholic Church could say is because they believe that it allows you to be closer to God and allows you to serve God better, which, as I said, that is biblical, but nowhere is it forced. As a matter of fact, when you look at the Bible and it talks about ministry, it says that deacons should be the husband of one wife. It says specifically, and not only that, but they have to be a man who has their house in order, meaning that their kids are respectful and reverent. Uh, they have a good marriage, solid marriage. So it, it clearly, and this is the first church, if Peter is your pope, Peter was a disciple and an apostle, and Peter was one of the guys who made the rules to say, if you're going to be a deacon, because in the Bible when deacons were introduced, it was because the apostles were, and it says, these guys are going to handle the affairs of the church, meaning, you know, the money, uh, taking care of things, organizing things, right? Cleaning up the house. Well, they were going to devote themselves to God, Paul, Peter, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and the rest of the, you know, uh, Matthew, you know, Andrew, the rest of them. Uh, the other Judas, you know, there's the 12, of course, uh, Matthias, who was introduced later on. So even as a deacon in ministry, you know, you have to be able to teach. You have to be able to talk about God. You have to be able to, to instruct people. So the church gets it from that, but it, it's erroneous because you're forcing people into celibacy. And so most people are not made to be celibate. Most people are made to say, I want a wife. I want a husband. I want to have children. You know, naturally. And I'm not, you know, we're not going to get into gay marriage or anything like that. But, of course, you know, the Bible is, is against that. Anyone who sees otherwise. But the thing is, Joe, you know what? And this this kind of does say, people see what they want to see. People believe what they want to believe. They take one scripture. I'm going to believe this. I'm not going to believe this. I really believe that the Catholic Church, if they allowed it, it would be. And what, what baffles me, or you have a Hispanic quote, the first one. That's great. But why pick somebody who's as old as the guy who just left? 76 years old? You're old. My dad is 66, and, and I don't consider him old because he stays in great shape, and et cetera, et cetera. But you're old. You're, you're in retirement age. You're 76. Like you said, what reform is he going to bring to the church? The answer, you can almost bet, is going to be zero. Why not pick somebody who's 40? Why not pick somebody who's 50? Why not pick somebody who's young, who has no ideas, and still stays within the guidelines of the church, somebody who's anti-abortion, anti-gay marriage, you know, whatever, because I've always admired the Catholic Church on that sense that they stand up for that aspect of the Bible, which is, which is correct. Pick somebody younger, somebody who's going to be... John Paul was Pope for like 25 years. You know, pick somebody young. Why go old? I don't understand it. Pope Benedict, no offense to him, he looked like he was walking dead, as it were. He, you know, he just looked 
old and haggard, like he had a rough life. This guy doesn't look, and you know, he doesn't look as old. But come on, man, 76, you, you're going to be 80 years old. What, what can you, what new ideas does a 70-year-old have or an 80-year-old? Not, yeah, that's that's my question. Is you, you had the opportunity to to really do some reform, and it, you know, I hate to say this, but maybe the Catholic Church doesn't want to reform, and maybe they want to stick to their old ways and continue with this these scandals that come out, and maybe they don't. They just think that, like you said, it's only one percent of the priests that are doing it, and it does come out more than in the Catholic Church than any other church. But maybe they don't really care about reform, and they want to just carry the old same old way. But that's the thing, and that's where you lose the younger generation. And I know from speaking to Catholics all my life, people would always say, well, you know, I'm Catholic, but I don't agree with X, Y, and Z. I don't, I don't agree with confessional. Most most Catholics that I've ever spoken to don't agree with confessional. Um, and when you stick to things, the only thing you should stick to that's, you know, flawless is whatever is the Bible. Ten Commandments, bam. You know, just stick to that. Stick to stick to what God says. God says this, God But don't go out of the box and say, well, we have to do this. Because a lot of the stuff is man-made. It is made up. It's stuff that, you know, isn't necessarily in the Bible. And, like, for example, Mary. Mary, the Bible says clearly she was a woman without equal. She was separate, set apart, holy, right? But, you know, what? you look at the Bible. Mary had other kids. Mary is not the perennial virgin. And I know that's, like, blasphemy to the Catholics. But she had other children. Peter, you know, the, the disciples come to Jesus. There's a scripture that says, Jesus, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are here. And he says, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who are my sisters? Those who do the will of my father. But he had natural, in the flesh, siblings. You know, the book of James written by one of his brothers. And, I mean, that she's not a virgin. You know, obviously she's honorable above other women. But that, the veneration of Mary goes above and beyond. And again, it's something that's not biblical. And there's so many different things, and we can just, this is, you know, pure Bible here on, on pure, or pure God here on pure gold. But the truth of the matter is that if you're going to stick to the old ways and you're never going to change, you're going to lose the younger people. And again, I'm not saying violate God's word. I'm saying if something is your doctrine or your dogma, change it up a little bit, you know? Be, be progressive in that sense. Don't be progressive with your theology, but be progressive in the way that you express your theology. Folks, you know, let's be honest. Let's let's hope that Pope Francis the first let's give him uh, some benefit of the doubt, and hopefully he is able to bring some kind of reform to the Catholic Church. Like Dave said, you do lose a lot of the younger generation if you don't choose to change. And right now, that's what I believe the Catholic Church needs. It needs some change and needs a new direction within guidelines, of course. So we'll see where that goes. We need to take a break. It's uh, the top of the hour. When we come back, we'll talk about some lighter stuff. We'll talk some football. We'll talk some wrestling. Close out the show. You're listening to Pure Gold on 1640 AM, 714-364-4721. We will be right back. Check out Pure Gold Radio for a fresh take on sports and entertainment. David and Joe are informative pr- advertising some uh, sponsors to give us shout-outs as we do at the top of the hour. Like I said, when we get back, when we come back, we will be talking This is Alicia from WSU Wrestling, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Maybe our advertisers all pulled the plug and they're like, you guys have to talk for an hour and a half, right? 
think that's possible. For some reason, our, our sound bites aren't playing, so interesting. I'm right. not sure what's going on. I'm not even sure if people can listen to this if they're if they're listening on the on the internet. That's interesting. So uh, we have a show on the internet. <laughs> uh, maybe this whole like technical difficulties thing for onto ourselves now, and now we're having technical difficulties. So. It is March 13th, 2013, Wednesday night. Pure Gold is live and on the air for another about half hour, folks. We are talking, talked about some hopes, talked about some golf when Dave wasn't here. Let's just get into some football talk because the football season, the 2013 season, started yesterday, the official start of the season, and just a bunch of different free agent signings. Most notably, I guess, today and yesterday, Wes Welker is no longer a New England Patriot. Sorry, sorry. The sound bites are playing apparently, but they're just not coming through our headphones, so I don't know what's going on there. No. But before you continue, I have to at least put this thing on here. Sorry, I'm having some issues here. Live from 16:40 a.m. Ironbound Radio in Newark, New Jersey. This is Pure Gold with your hosts David and Joe. Like I was saying, folks, welcome back. You are listening to Pure Gold on Wednesday, March 13th, 2013. And again, the football season just started yesterday, and a bunch of free agents already have signed for different teams. I mean, the biggest one, I, one of the biggest ones anyway, is Wells Walker is no longer a New England Patriot. He is signed with the, the Denver Broncos for two years, $14 million. That's a big blow to the Patriots. I mean, this guy averaged over 100 catches per year over the last four or five years, sir. That's a big loss for the, the Patriots, big game for the Broncos. Oh, that's a huge game. We were talking about this earlier. I think it's an it's an amazing move by the Patriots. I think it's an amazing move by the Broncos. I think Wes Walker is one of the best uh, wide receivers in, in football. I think, you know, having him with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, going from one of the greatest, one of the top ten, to another one of the top ten, it's unheard of. It's unprecedented, and I think he's going to have success. And I'm going to pick the Broncos right now in the Super Bowl, which means that one of them will get hurt at the beginning of the year and they'll lose ten games. So that means the Broncos will go into MetLife Stadium in someday in February, whether February 3rd, 2014, win the Super Bowl. Actually, you know what, Dave? I mean, I, I kind of agree with you in terms of I think the Denver Broncos will make the Super Bowl. Um, we're predicting in, in March, uh, a whole year from now, basically. I, I think that if all, you know, if the team is healthy, I think that the Broncos will get to the Super Bowl. And I think a team that people don't think are going to get back to the Super Bowl, I think they will because of just all their talent, and I think they're going to stay healthy. They have a good coach, even though he could be a baby at times. I think that San Fran, even though they lost the Super Bowl last year, I think they'll make it back to the Super Bowl. And actually, I think they'll, they'll actually win the Super Bowl this year. So uh, it, No way. There's no, no chance in hell. Are you telling me that the uh, the Niners are going to – they went to the NFC title game, lost, go to the Super Bowl, lose, and then the third year they're going to go to the Super Bowl and win? No way. Absolutely 0% chance of that happening. Other side, Zero. Well, you know what's interesting is that um, Antoine, Antoine Bolden, the probably the second best player on the team last year on the Ravens, was traded to the uh, San Francisco 49ers, believe it or not, for a sixth-round pick. That's a good move. The Niners getting better. And, uh, of course, the Seahawks ended up getting Percy Harvin also, which I know is a good thing. Uh, who else? You said that Ed Reed's probably going to the Niners as well. Well, Ed Reed is rumored to go to any team um, that's competing for a title, but he also wants his money. Uh, I don't, it's all about the money. Yeah, I don't know how much San Fran is under the cap at the moment, but it'd be interesting to see if he does go to the Niners. I, Revis right now, Darrell Revis, is being rumored to go to Tampa Bay for a couple of draft picks. So the Jets uh, right now, they'll, let, they'll lead you to believe that um, 
they're not rebuilding, but that's actually what they are doing right now with the lame duck coach. And uh, that, to me, makes no sense. Uh, why why did you keep Rex Ryan here if you're going to completely dismantle? I mean, DeVito's gone. Sean Green signed Wait, with the... Wait, DeVito's gone? Yeah. Where'd he, he go? He went to the um, the Kansas City Chiefs. I tried to get him on our show. What a tool. He never came on. And now look, he's gone. He was probably thinking about Kansas City the whole time. Probably. Oh, I'm uh, possibly. And this is probably not going to happen. But Bear Pasco, again, in talks with him. To get him on the show and talk to his agent, so let's see where that goes. Sweet. So the Jets keep dismantling. They even lost Sean Green and Dustin Keller. Sean Green? Sean Green went to the... Wait, Jackie they Titans. lost Dustin Keller? They lost Dustin Keller. Are you Keller. kidding? What, what team did he end up on? Uh, I believe he went to the Jags, so... Oh, wow. I thought maybe he was in the UFL or the Canadian <laughs> Football League. That's. I mean, I always liked Dustin Keller. I know he was you know, not the greatest uh, of all players, but he was always a good Jet. That, that kind of sucks. Yeah, so the Jets, you know... They still have Revis, who, of course, you want them to get rid of. Yep. I think he'll be gone by next week. Before we have our next show, he'll be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, I think. Oh, by the way, sir, I just got to throw this out there. It's totally off topic. I was listening in the office when you were talking. The website for the station, folks, ir1640amradio.com. Not 1640am radio. So it's ir1640amradio.com. My co-host has no clue. No clue. This is what happens when Dave goes talk to management and he's left me fending for myself. <laughs> I was trying to listen to some of the talk as I was uh, as I was in the office, uh, you know, going through some uh, program director things, uh, management as it were, and you know we'll see we'll kind of see where that goes. Of course, John have to talk off the air, but um, I heard that and I was like, no, I was like screaming, no, damn it, no, that's the wrong website. Yeah, expletives coming through the wall, the soundproof wall. I heard expletives, you know, like you wouldn't. Well, believe. that was not me. <laughs> That was our boy, Alvaro. <laughs> <laughs> and moving right along. Moving right along. The, the, the other big thing before we get off of football and talk some wrestling to close out the show, sir, is Victor Cruz right now, you saw what Wes Walker did. He moved. Uh, he went to the Denver Broncos. Victor Cruz a little bit different in terms of that he's a, a restricted free agent, which means if another team signs him or tenders an offer, the Giants have a chance to match it. But if he does decide to go with the other team, uh, the Giants have to. The Giants will get a, a number one draft pick, I believe. Uh, whatever you know, whatever team selects him, they have to give a draft pick. So it's going to be hard for that team to sign a Victor Cruz and then as well give up a draft pick. So I can see Victor Cruz coming back. I can see him come back being a little disgruntled, to be honest with you, not getting the exact money that a Mike Wallace made. Mike Wallace made a killing with the Miami Dolphins. Former Steelers signed a five-year deal for sixty million dollars. That's I don't know how much of it is guaranteed, but that's twelve million dollars a year. That's a lot of money, sir. So Victor Cruz, I, I think all you know at the end of the day, Victor Cruz is going to be a a New York Giant. It just uh, depends on how disgruntled he's going to be. To be honest well, with you, I mean there, there's always that, sir. So let's uh, let's close out the show with a little wrestling talk. This past Sunday, like I said, was a TNA lockdown. The big news is that we uh, last week on, on Impact, uh, or two weeks ago, D-Lo was revealed to be the president of Ace of the Eight. <laughs> Thank you. I finally heard that. Um, so, yeah, D-Lo is the, the, the vice president, and um, finally... You mean... Oh, that's right, D-Lo, Brian, you're yeah. right there. And finally, 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 we see a swerve of all swerves. Bang, bang, bang. Yep, we see Bang Bang Bang, not Mick Foley. We see Bully Ray turn on Hulk Hogan, turns on his quote unquote wife, uh, Brooke Hogan, turns out turns turns against TNA and becomes the new World Heavyweight Champion. Sir, 
This sounds like a regurgitated NWO NWO storyline. It does, but you know, Bully Ray has, according to those who watch TNA, which I don't, um, for a variety of reasons, not necessarily that the product is terrible. I'm not even saying that, but it's just you know I haven't been able to watch. Um, they say he's doing the best heel work in the last ten years. He's the best heel in the business, and he went heel again. Uh, there was garbage thrown in the ring. You know, of course, you and I both like the new pay-per-view schedule of uh, TNA. That the fact that they're doing like four, five a year, whatever the case is. Um, and I think that it's, you know, nothing is new in the world. The Bible says nothing new under the sun, so there's nothing new in wrestling. And I think that it's just a matter of things come up again. I, I think it, it, it seems interesting. I was looking at TNAWrestling.com today, give them a cheap plug, and uh, they were showing some of the clips. They had Brooke her reaction to it. And, you know, pretty good acting, I have to say, by Brooke, who's screaming and cursing and a beep, 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 as she walked down the uh, the aisle uh, in the back the, the backstage area after the pay-per-view. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect? It's they're trying to recreate that magic, sir. I just I think Aces and Eight sucks. I think the whole thing is terrible. But adding Bully Ray as the world champion is it's, it's a good move if you want to save the story. Don't understand the name Aces and Eight, but uh, again, I told Dave in our production meetings this this would make sense if it's Jeff Jarrett wanting to get his company back and he's like somehow the CEO of this. If it's like a, a an Eric Bischoff and and Jeff Jarrett trying to get back their company from you know because let's face it, Jeff Jarrett's father started the company TNA. And now Dixie Carter and Hulk Hogan run the show. Uh, it'd be interesting to be, if it's revealed that Jeff Jarrett is really the mastermind behind it all, and he's like the CEO. Other than that, I don't see how it's believable that that Bully Ray organized this whole like takeover. It's it's basically some ECW guys, the Dudleys, and some guys that you you never heard of joining this Ace and Eight. You got Briscoe, you know Briscoe's son, Briscoe, West Briscoe. And you got uh, Bischoff's son, uh, whatever his name is. Garrett. Garrett Bischoff joining. And these guys are, you know, yes, Wes Bischoff is a good wrestler, but Garrett Bischoff is not a good wrestler at all. So um, th- this whole storyline, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens tomorrow night. In fact, over on the WWE side, there was absolutely no John Cena, no mention of him this past well, Monday night. I think that's because they didn't want to draw attention to the fact that The Rock wasn't there. Right. I mean, I think that's that's probably the case. But the biggest uh, storyline coming in that is, you know, we talked about last week because it happened on Wednesday, I believe, that William Moody or the day before had passed away. Yeah. So they did a great tribute. Tuesday, they did a great tribute on Monday Night Raw with uh, William Moody. They had a couple of vignettes. They had some clips throughout the night. Brother uh, Love. Brother Love. Taker comes out and basically, you know, is ready to do a tribute to William Moody, a.k.a. Paul Bear, and all of a sudden CM Punk in heel fashion. And I told, him, told Dave that, you know, uh, unfortunate passing William Moody, the Paul Bearer, but, you know, this couldn't happen better in terms of the storyline. Well, I, I think it's good, and it's funny because I was listening to, uh, I was listening to the Ken Reedy show yesterday because I was here live in the studio, as it right. were, and he was saying that on some Sunday show they're going to bring it up and they're going to talk about it, whatever the case is, but I, I don't think it's wrong. I mean, according to what I've read, his sons were okay with it, and ultimately that's really what matters. They had input, taker, from what I read, again, internet wrestling website, take that for what it's worth, but he heavily influenced the direction of the show on Monday, which nobody knew him better in terms of wrestling. Kane, of course, another guy that he introduced. I like the fact that Kane was tied up in that and he went after Punk and beat him. I thought that was a good thing. And um, it's a shame that the Paul Bearer is gone, but the memory lives on. And uh, it's sad to me to see you know a guy like him pass away and all these different wrestlers are talking about, you know, I was looking at a list today on WWE.com. Uh, 15 guys who should have done more, and one of them, two of them, Mike Awesome and Davey Boy Smith, both died very young, both extremely talented. Uh, Davey Boy Smith, without the shadow of a doubt, should have been WWE champion. 
and Mike Awesome could have been WCW champion and possibly, you know, something in the WWE. But um, getting back to Paul Bear, I thought that Monday's tribute was good. They did a great job. Um, it's just, you know, it was good. They, they always do a great job with these tributes. And, again, the one last thing I'd like to talk about as, we, as we're rocking up the show is, uh, is Brock Lesnar destroyed our boys, former guests on this show, the New Age Outlaws. Yeah, that was unfortunate, but made sense in the storylines because, again, he's a, they're friends of Triple H. But our boys, Road Dog and Billy Gunn, were on our show about a year, a year and a half ago, two years. I forget how many years ago. But they were definitely on Pure Gold, and it was uh, sucked to see them get taken out by Brock Lesnar. Makes sense in the storyline, though. Uh, sir, one last thing. I'm going to end it on a sour note. Uh, just give me your quick 10-second rant on how bad, because I told you about this last week, how bad of a, a character Fandango is. Fandango is a train wreck waiting to happen. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I don't know what they're thinking. I'm trying to capture the Dancing with the Stars audience. Who the hell's going to watch the WWE if they watch Dancing with the Stars? Just an absolute disaster upon Everything horrible, no talent, no gimmick, awful. The WWE lays another uh, flush this one down the toilet, put it in the crapper. This gimmick sucks. Oh, and by the way, uh, just one last note. I was reading that Eric Pankowski was the VP of something rather than WWE. Apparently, he got fired last week because of the fatal four way match. Uh, it was a bad idea that Vince let go through. They thought, you know, I guess to show how bad this guy was, and they ended up firing him, which sounds like Vince from what I've read, but it's just funny because if this story is true, something we both hated, the number one contender to end the streak, ended up costing somebody his job. Wow. And on that note, folks, thank you for listening to Pure Gold. It was a pleasure as always. Yours, of course. Thanks to those of you listening on 1640 AM, where from what I understand, the signal is fixed. So if you're in your car right now listening to Pure Gold, we thank you so much. So again, check out www.ir1640amradio.com and puregoldpg.com, of course. Check us out next week. We'll be doing some things, some interesting things. No idea what we have planned, but as always, thanks to JB, folks. Tune in, as always. We love you. Peace out as we close the show with our, uh, I would say this is probably one of my, my favorite uh, endings. Okay. What's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are, Nikki. Good night, everybody. <laughs>